Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some might say DraftKings is the Wild West of NFL best ball tournaments. So how do you handle these crazy draft rooms, the unpredictability of a DraftKings draft? How do you handle the different ADP, the different scoring, some different players you might want to target on DraftKings, as well as some different draft strategies that we can employ across all the different tournaments on DraftKings? That's what we're going to get into today here, Monday Night Best Ball on Spike Week, Eric Beinfor and Rob Coakley. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Liftoff. So, Rob, we've been doing a lot of uh, DraftKings drafts intentionally. I think they're a lot of fun. I think it's maybe an underserved area of the NFL best ball market but we haven't really dug into like had a show where we're like okay we're drafting on DraftKings. everybody complains about how chaotic it is and how different it is <laughs> yes. but nobody ever strategizes around how the heck do we handle these crazy DraftKings rooms so i figure today we talk a little bit of uh dk strategy and then try to see what we can do see how we can employ it in a draft yeah i actually did a dk draft yesterday and it wasn't overly chaotic and i was so sad we have Felix in the chat. I saw him post that he got Jamar Chase like 50th overall the other day or something <laughs> like that. No, I think it was fifth overall, but it's just like, man, how am I not getting those draft rooms right now? But you will get them. If you draft enough on DK, you will get some of these draft rooms that are just absolute chaos. And it's amazing. Shout out everyone in the chat. Shout out Stephanie. Hello, Olaf, Felix, Benjamin. Thank you guys for joining us. I do think um, that's where we should start, though, with kind of the chaos that can be a DraftKings draft. Um, people probably want to hear, like, oh, who, which players should I? And we'll talk about some of the players maybe that are a little bit better on DraftKings and some different things we can do strategy-wise. Obviously, we'll talk about the 20 rounds. I think it's maybe an underutilized thing in terms of how we leverage the fact that we have two extra picks, I think. Um, we'll get to that. But the... 100% all that stuff is, is good and and well and and needs to be discussed but like at the end of the day you can have these plans you can have these players you want to target you can have these strategies you want to employ and it's not that being flexible and being kind of a good drafter and adaptable to your draft room isn't important on the other sites of course it is but like generally speaking, underdog goes somewhat according to plan, right? You, you just don't get guys that go in the seventh round, go in the second round, 
really on underdog. You don't get guys falling six rounds. You don't get some of that. Uh, you don't, you don't get the insane quarterback runs quite, quite as much on, on underdog. So you have to first and foremost to me on DraftKings, And like, there's not a really awesome way to like learn how to do this other than draft and practice. You have to figure out like there can never be panic. There can never be, you know, oh my God, everybody has taken all these quarterbacks. I have no way to get a stack. I have no way to even get quarterbacks that I like and like just, you know, punt that team off. You always have to be adapting and kind of on it really in a DraftKings draft, which sounds funny because people will say like, oh, the drafts are so soft. Everybody is so bad there. And while that is true, the chaos can lead you to not always taking advantage of like the big perk of drafting on DraftKings, right? Go where the fish are. Easiest way to win money is to play against the worst competition. And if we all believe that that's on DraftKings, then we we have to use that to our advantage. And when you get in a draft and you can joke about, oh, all the quarterbacks are going too high. And, oh, look at these idiots reaching for these picks and reaching for these stacks. And then you get to the end and your team sucks too because you didn't, because you didn't take advantage of the fact that these people are doing maybe some suboptimal things. What did you do? You aren't any better than any than any other you know team that you think is poor on DraftKings, and so um, I don't. I, I'm curious what how you have experienced that and kind of how you've dealt with that so far uh, this year in 2023 on DraftKings. So I mean, we obviously see the the weird drops of players and all that stuff, and that's just par for the course with DK. What I notice on DK a little bit more than Underdog, and it does happen on Underdog quite a bit as well but this is like usually three or four or five teams in a draft on dk they'll start building a specific type of what we would consider a certain type of strategy right maybe it's robust rb and they take three or four running backs super early and they should relatively be done or just be tacking on at the end or something like that and they're still grabbing one or two more running backs in the seventh through tenth rounds just like annihilating their team right so <laughs> It's they're getting, we'll say they're get CMC, Pollard, Derrick Henry, um, insert fourth, Aaron Jones or something like that. And then they're still over here drafting guys that are in the seventh or eighth round. You know, they're grabbing Zach Charbonnet. It's like, why? Why are you grabbing Zach Charbonnet yep. on this team? So not just the player drops. What we need to be cognizant of is very much sticking to building our teams the way we're supposed to be building them not letting some of those player drops screw up your your structure of your team because everyone else is messing up their team structures, right? So yeah, if a player drops 15 rounds past ADP, great, he fixed your structure, structure, perfect. But if he's not, if you're doing like a robust RB draft, we'll just say, and I don't know, Aaron Jones would have been your fifth running back and he drops 15 places past ADP, does he really help your team out? Is that something that's going to actually help benefit your current construction? Or do you need to hit wide receiver? Is Chris Godwin better as your second or third wide receiver? Or are you going to be stuck with like, I like Jalen Hyatt. Are we going to start looking at Jalen Hyatt as your fourth wide receiver off the board and your team? I mean, you're looking at volume and stuff, but your team feels a lot more dead when you could have just substituted taking that, that big faller in Aaron Jones. ADP is not everything, Right. It's just not me and you talk about this off stream all the time. I think this is the biggest conversation me and you have is how ADP is just not everything. 
like, yeah, you want to get guys that fall who doesn't, but it shouldn't affect the construction of your team. If it's going to affect your team construction negatively. Right. Right. The ADP value is an important element to, you know, drafting in, in your portfolio, of course. But the first and foremost thing is to create a good team, a good, well-structured team. It doesn't trump all of those other things. And I think we do see that. On That's the trap, I think, that is easiest to fall into on DraftKings. And I don't necessarily mean a trap, but you'll run into, <clears throat> like you said, a room like that. Maybe all the running backs get scooped up really fast. Or, you know, the quarterback thing is the easiest one to um you know what everybody probably experiences that the most but you will have falling players because let's say you're in a room where everybody's scooping up all these quarterbacks right all we know the early guys are going to go but then watson and richardson and dak and all these guys get keep getting pulled up because these guys are it's a really quarterback thirsty room Mm -hmm. and you say well i'm not going to do that i'll wait right i'll wait and that's fine you stay you know Aaron Jones falls and and Mike Evans falls and Brandon Cooks falls and you just keep scooping up this value, right? And then you get to the 13th round. You don't have a quarterback. Every quarterback has been taken. You have, you know, now that ADP value that you got, you're going to have to give back in order to reach for a quarterback yeah. to make a team that's like not stone dead the moment the draft is over. Right. So now you got to reach multiple rounds and that is okay. The later a reach later in the draft is certainly better than a reach earlier in the draft. But now you also may not be getting the stacks that you want. You may not be getting, um, you know, certain positional allocations that you want. Cause you just kept scooping value all along the way and you will get value in drafting straps. Like it's going to happen. But as you said, ADP value is not everything. ADP value is one thing that um, goes into account on, on, is this team good or not? And it's important to understand the why, behind, like why does ADP value matter? Right. It's not just like, Oh, I got ADP value. So it's good. The mm-hmm. ADP value thing is allowing you to get a better projected and a, typically you know higher upside higher point scoring player later in the draft and that you know so you're getting a guy in the seventh round that usually goes in the fourth or fifth so you have a higher projected player right generally speaking the fourth round player projects for more points and so you're getting a better you know projected team and a higher upside team there also you're getting this level of kind of uniqueness right we talk about uniqueness all the times all the time and people try to force it like how do i get uniqueness it's like well part of adp value like probably one of the two main reasons why adp value matters is you're getting this player that everyone else takes in the middle of the fifth and you're getting him at the beginning of the seventh and so you're not only are you getting this better player later you're getting this combination that doesn't right. exist right cuz you now have multiple fifth round players on your team or multiple sixth round players or multiple eighth round players and so you're getting this unique combination of players but like if if you get that and then you don't have right enough quarterback firepower, you don't have, you know, you ha- so now you got naked Mac Jones, right? Because you had to reach for him because there was no, you know, you you built out tight ends already, right? You took early tight ends because they kept falling. TJ Hawkinson fell. Oh, look at this. I got 12 picks of value on TJ Hawkinson. Greg Dolchich falls. Oh, got great value on Greg Dolchich. You get to the end, you don't have any quarterbacks. You built an uncorrelated late round quarterback team. Like, are you really going to 
beat a million other teams in the DraftKings, literally a million other teams in the DraftKings Millie Maker with Brock Purdy, unstacked Brock Purdy and Mac Jones and, you know, Brian Tannehill. Like, no, your, your, your team isn't really any better than the ones that reach. So it's always this delicate balance of I still got to make a good team, even though my other draft, the, the people that I'm drafting against are maybe not drafting how I think is optimal. I still have to be able to manipulate it. And I think ADP value is the one trap that's easiest to fall into. And it hits you once, once that, you know, we talk about wide receiver avalanches on underdog. Once like that ADP value avalanche, you just keep scooping it up, right? You're skiing out in front of this avalanche of all this ADP value. Well, once it stops and you look at your team, (laughs) exactly. You get naked Mac Jones, shout out Al. Uh, It's time to just draft again. But like once it slaps you in the face, once it's over, you're like, look at all these ADP values. And then you get to the 14th, 15th round. You're like, man, I have a lot of great ADP values, but my team is really shitty because I didn't, you know, I don't have a stack. I don't have anything. I just kept scooping ADP values. And so there is a certain point of almost diminishing returns to ADP value if that's all you're doing throughout the entire draft. And so that's just important to, to, you know, the, it's a structure and draft strategy and portfolio thing, right? Like there's all these different things that play into it. And, and, but we always like, it's, it's like almost like human psychological, you see this ADP value, you just scoop it. you, You don't even think, but it's not always that straightforward. Well, my favorite one is when it's like, just say it's Kyle Pitts and someone's like, you know, I never really draft Kyle Pitts. He usually goes 66 overall, but I was able to get him 68th. So just yeah. getting that value on him <laughs> makes him a great pick. And I just yes. and I just like envision myself choking that person to death slowly as as I whisper the name Kyle Pitts into their ear repeatedly. But it's just I think sometimes we get a little too out of control with the ADP thing. The other thing I'll bring up for DraftKings specifically, and I'm still kind of working my theory and looking into it a little bit more. I brought it up on the show yesterday. I'm looking at specifically to start quarterbacks, but I want to dive into running backs, wide receivers on DraftKings as well. And what is the value of the bonus points for these players on DraftKings relative to the other sites, right? Because you dive into these numbers Um, and you look at Patrick Mahomes last year, right? He, he hit the bonus 10 times. The next guy that hit it, it was like a three-way tie for five. So we're talking about 15, a 15 point difference in just like passing yards. Some of the guys picked up, picked up, uh, picked up ground on him, literally running the football, your Jalen hurts, your, your Josh Allen and stuff like that. But not only just for like the season long stuff where they're getting bonus points, but like, let's take week 17 into consideration. Let's take week 15 and 16 in consideration when Mahomes is doing something at a three to one. And I know I keep turning shit into Patrick Mahomes, but when he's doing something at a three to one or two to one clip over the rest of the field, like that's three points. Not only is that three points, that is also 300 passing yards, which usually turns into touchdowns as well. Like, is their value just way higher on DraftKings in terms of what they produce? Now, I know you're, you got to correlate that versus the running back yardage and the wide receiver yardage for bonus points and stuff like that too. But that that's what I'm kind of, I've started diving into. I have no working theory on it yet but I think it's something to actually like dive into and try to 
understand are second round quarterbacks more valuable on DraftKings or are they less valuable because of the guys around them getting you the bonus points on a more frequent basis, right? It could be the opposite. It could mean that maybe they're more valuable on underdog. And I kind of, I'm just trying to work through that and figure out some sort of system to figure that out. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably one of the tougher questions because if we, if we talk about underdog versus DraftKings, Mm -hmm. obviously half point PPR versus full PPR. But as you mentioned, the bonuses as well, right? 300 yard passing bonus, a hundred yard rushing and a hundred yard receiving are all three points. But like, what does that mean? Like you said, from a stacking and a correlation perspective is actually kind of a tricky thing to figure out on underdog. You don't have any of that. Right. And so like, even the like passing volume stuff is, is nice to get those extra yards and those extra catches for just using the Mahomes thing, right? Mahomes and Kelsey, when Patrick Mahomes throws for 300 something yards and they throw it 45 times, Oh, you know, when, Kelsey has a 25 to 30% target share, right? He's going to rack up a bunch of catches and probably a bunch of yards. And then he's going to you know, be the best bet to score a touchdown. But without all those other points, it's harder, in my opinion, for Travis Kelsey to separate without random touchdown variance. And now he's the best bet, 100%. He's the best bet to be the guy that scores multiple touchdowns in a game. Mm-hmm. But even... Like a like eight for a hundred and a touchdown is a monster game, yeah. right? For a tight end, absolutely monster. But we're talking about 20 points. And now no one is scoffing at 20 at 20 points at the tight end position. Trust me. But like when you think about it, it isn't something that is insurmountable, just specifically in a vacuum at the tight end position, right? Because touchdowns make up such a higher percentage of the scores on underdog that I think that this is my working theory that something like a Mahomes Kelsey stack has a little bit more value on DraftKings because when they both hit those spikes together, you get so many added extra points to both players from all the catches. The, the, so obviously every catch is getting a half point more. And then they're both right spiking at the same time. And so even if you only get that one touchdown from Kelsey, Mahomes got three extra points because of the 300 yard bonus. Kelsey got three extra points because of the um, hundred yard receiving bonus. And he got four extra points because of the, the PPR. Right. And so that's a lot of extra points between those two guys Uh, versus on underdog, you know, Mahomes, throws let's say he only throws for three and one of them go to Kelsey and Tyler Higby goes for 70 yards and a touchdown it's like you know you just start or running 30 down and this. two like, yeah just, yeah exactly yeah. you just start running down these things and you're like I kind of think that these premium stacks on DraftKings make a little bit more sense because when they're just when it's racking up volume mm-hmm that's how they can separate on DraftKings more like racking up volume is great on underdog. Of course we want it. I want my quarterback to throw for 300 yards. I want him to throw a bunch to the one player, but if the touchdowns don't go to that guy, look at all the, 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 uh, the nuclear weeks that have happened that have won people tournaments. Of course they win you tournaments on DraftKings too, but it's 
massive touchdown games. Jamar Chase four or five touchdowns or whatever. Mike Evans four touchdowns. Um, Alvin Kamara like 17 touchdowns, right? Like these games are all touchdowns separating people and you separate so far on underdog when you have those versus dude, if you catch 15 passes, I know I'm, it's a made up random, huge number. You catch 15 passes for 150 yards, even without a touchdown. That is a shitload of fantasy. That is a lot Mm -hmm. of fantasy points on DraftKings. on underdog. It's like, not quite as much because everything is so touchdown driven. And so when I'm thinking through those correlations, I'm thinking about like when things, when you're right, right. We're drafting like our right. We're right. And we're hoping to get really lucky when we get lucky. I I think on DraftKings that lucky, that lucky Mahomes Kelsey game is like unfadeable in the final round of a tournament. And in the first and second round on underdog, that Mahomes Kelsey game, Maybe it's unfadeable, but I don't know, man. I, I'm not. I'm not so convinced. Like, of course, if he catches four touchdowns, yeah. But like that eight for one twenty and two game when Mahomes throws for four hundred yards, is is a it can be a huge differentiator on DraftKings. Whereas I don't think it differentiates uh, it, it sets you apart quite as much on underdog. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm working through. And Hacker brings up the next point that I was going to actually say, where he says that it's easier to catch up on receipt at receiver on DK, which is so true because if they get the three bonus points, so if your wide receiver gets three bonus points, but mine gets an extra catch for 20 more yards, we're even right. Like it's, it's just so easy to, to do that. But if Mahomes throws four touchdowns for 300 yards, he actually almost threw for five touchdowns because you get that three bonus points, which is essentially another quarterback touchdown. And to your point, the tight end premium, who's actually capable of getting these 100-yard games, it's Kelsey and a handful of guys like on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And if they're doing it over the course of a season, <laughs> I was kind of out on Kelsey. And the more we talk about this, I actually <laughs> might move him up on DK. He might become a very premium DK guy for me. And to get that stack more often, even though it's getting selected a lot, it's to your point, if that goes off in the playoffs – and you don't have it, it's going to be tough to come back from that just based on if both of them bonus in one weekend. And, and I don't think anyone ever talks about this. Like, and it's just like, it's such a, it, it's such a differentiator. We're talking six expected points on top for them, both bonusing plus the touchdown upside, the yardage upside. It's almost a hole you can't come out of, right? Like if that, if that happens and do you think they're capable of doing it between weeks 15, 16 or 17? Probably if he did it 10 times, well, not, not the stack, but if Mahomes did it 10 times last year, reason believes to tell you that he's probably going to do it once or twice in those two weeks. So it could be three times and it could could happen every single week and it could happen every single week. And it's not just Mahomes, right? The Mahomes Kelsey stack works out nicely, but it's Josh Allen rushing, even though we think he's going to lower his rushing this season. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. getting a couple hundred yard rushing games. Lamar Jackson getting a couple hundred yard rushing games, right? Justin Fields, it'd be interesting to look at his numbers on DK last year, just based on his rushing upside and the bonus points he was getting on DK. I guarantee, like, made him much more of a, of a smash on DraftKings than it did any other site. I mean, it's impossible that it didn't. So I don't think he's going to do quite what he did last year, but even if he lowers that by 20%, he's still crushing the field and rushing this year. So 
these are the things we need to we need to be like thinking about as we draft DraftKings stuff, I think, personally. I don't, I'm not saying it's the end-all be-all, but it might bump me up to just taking more of the premium quarterbacks uh, over a large sample. And I've been um, largely fading the premium quarterbacks on, on under. So as we talk this through, I almost feel like my preferred strategy on both sites is a, almost the opposite because so when we go back to the thing we talked about at the very beginning where mm-hmm. drafts are very chaotic, you're probably going to get multiple spots where you get ADP value. We also think that the ADP is softer as, as what hacker uh, mentioned, you can catch up at, at receiver on, on DraftKings. plus the full PPR scoring just helps wide receivers in general. So wide receivers are cheaper and the, and they're not, they're not going as hot, right? They're not going, they're cheaper in terms of they will fall. And they're cheaper in terms of like a lot of these guys that are going in the third, fourth, fifth round on underdog are not going in the third, fourth, fifth round on, on DraftKings. So you can catch up at wide receiver running backs are already devalued a little bit. Um, not necessarily devalued. The really, really good ones that do catch passes are not devalued, but the running right. Like I love Damian Harris. He's not quite as fun of a DraftKings click as he is on underdog. Sure. But, but we can take this idea that we know the ADP is softer. So the whole premise of, of one of the reasons why we all love DraftKings is, again, go to where the fish are, go to where the competition is is the worst. So and, and part of that is people are bad drafters, but the ADP is softer, et cetera. So we need to use that. So why don't we use that to our advantage, but like plan in knowing I'm going to use that. We talked about the ADP value thing and how easy it is to just keep scooping all this ADP value. Well, what kind of team benefits from being able to just scoop all this ADP value. It's probably one with one of those top five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to need to catch up at wide receiver. You take an elite, right? You take Patrick Mahomes in the second or third round. You got to, you got to catch up, you know, especially you take Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. You definitely got to have to be catching up at wide receiver at running back. Well, if we know that drafters are probably going to help us with that, our opponents are going to help us catch up because their ADP is bad and they let some guys fall that maybe they shouldn't. I can pre-plan for that and say, maybe I'm going to dip into some of these elite quarterbacks a little bit more because I know the room's going to give me guys that I like in the seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th rounds versus underdog. As much as I love wide receivers, I, when I, when I, not even just Mahomes and Kelsey, when I take one of them, (laughs) you get to the fifth, sixth round. And I'm like, my God, I'm drafting a zero running back team. And these running these wide receivers suck i don't even like them they're not even very good and so how do i kind of pivot that way on underdog is i am taking a lot more riskier quarterback approach late taking two middle to late round guys or just punting it off with three late round guys that are like we talked about mac jones i have a ton of mac jones i have a ton of sam howell i'll take kenny pickett and all these guys on on underdog because I know the room is not going to give me the opportunity to make up ground when I take detours away from wide receiver or even sometimes running back on underdog on DraftKings. They're going to give me that. And we just made the case that I want what well, you want to show up to the gunfight in week 17. Like I feel like Mahomes Kelsey is probably a, a <laughs> as a bazooka that I get to show up with at those two positions. And the room is going to give me a wide receiver group that I don't dislike. 
you know, so how do we take advantage of, of DraftKings? I'm not saying go, I'm gonna draft 150 elite quarterback teams. You know, we want to uh, have me. a port. Hey, yeah, just Rob, Rob will 150 <laughs> Patrick Mahomes teams. But I do think that it's sticker shock at first on DraftKings. Like, oh my God, I'm going to take these quarterbacks at these prices. But I, I think it actually, in a weird way, kind of makes sense to lean into that a little bit more than it does on underdog. And again, the Mac Jones and such of the world without bonuses, you know, without all that can make like Mac Jones and Hunter Henry can make, make it a lot closer with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on underdog. than you probably think that they can right. and on, but on, but on DraftKings, like obviously Mac doesn't run Mahomes runs enough to be dangerous, but like hurts. I mean, hurts fields, Lamar, Josh Allen. We know what these guys can do with their legs. Mac just can't, he, he, there is no yeah. feasible way that he can make up that ground. Right. And Hunter Henry, God bless him. I love him. He's not catching 10 passes. It's just not happening. So like, I feel like we can find some uh, uh, some value just by acknowledging the fact that quarterback and and tight end maybe can give us a little more juice, and the room will allow us to do it on DraftKings. And just to go on to your Mac Jones point, take a guy that I like even better than Mac Jones, who's going a little higher, obviously, but I like Geno Smith a lot. Doesn't he feel like he's a much better underdog play? Because how many times is he going to throw for 300 yards this season? Probably not a ton, right? So it just, I think it it just kind of shows the point and that. And he's never running for 100, right? right. He's like, he's like, he's a, I like, I really like Gino. I like Gino a lot this the, year too. The, this year, I really like the Seattle stacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like, Steelers and uh, Seahawks are just like always available to you in a draft. If you ever want, you know, you're siding with week 17, but I'm just looking really quickly. Gino had one, two, three, 400 yard or four, 300 yard games all of last season. And his highest rushing output was uh, actually in week 17, 51 yards. So you're never getting the rushing bonus and he's not an awesome bet. Now they have JSN now. You know, so maybe the offense is just awesome, and that three that that does come up, and that's why he's appealing. That's why we that's why we do like him at his at his draft cost. But like you said, if he only throws for three hundred yards a couple times, he banks that three or four touchdown game in the playoffs. You want him, you need him. You yeah. know what I mean? Versus on underdog or versus on on DraftKings, right? It, Fields and and Hurts and Allen and Lamar, they, they can double bonus. These guys can yeah. throw for 300 and run for 100. Gino rarely is going to do either. And right. that's a guy we like. Now yeah. take into account the guys maybe we don't like, right? Like I, I actually kind of like Kenny Pickett too. That, that's a week 17 game. I actually kind of like a little potential, you know, second year breakout from Kenny Pickett. I like their weapons, et cetera. But like Kenny Pickett's never running for 100 yards. And is, is Kenny Pickett ever going to throw for 300? Not very often. And so it's just so hard for them to keep pace. Uh, but I think the sticker shock of those early quarterbacks for most like serious drafters, right? The casuals just show up. They're like, fuck yeah, dude, give me Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's awesome. The serious mm-hmm. drafter is like, oh my God, Patrick Mahomes over Tony Pollard or whatever. That seems absurd. But I, I'm not sold that it is ab- absurd, really. It might be the meme that Davis Maddock always shares, right? Where it's the the Neanderthal that's like saying yes. something then the smart guy in the middle and then like the super smart guy saying the same thing as Neanderthal. So it might be that situation with these elite quarterbacks on DK. Um, speaking of which, are we going to jump into a DK draft? Let's do it. Let's see what we can, uh, let's see what we can do with, uh, 
some of these strategies. I know Hacker answered the question, but just so everybody can see, uh, Ann's comedy asked, is the best ball scoring the same as the DFS scoring? And yes, it is exact same. If you play, if you played DFS on DraftKings before, exact same scoring. Yeah, it is the same. So we are we are jumped into this draft. This is the one thing that has to go. Jesus Christ, we can never get an early pick on these things ever. <laughs> Just for anything, right? Um, we're drafting at the, uh, let's see, the 11 spot again. Oh my God. It's like, it's like our destiny at spike week to just get the 11 spot on everything. It feels like it's so, it's so sad. I hate it so much. How have you felt about, uh, we talked about the wide receiver thing and it being a little, a little softer. Um, how have you felt about some of the, earlier running backs that like it's a it's funny because again full full ppr versus half ppr and underdog but i find myself again really hating my wide receivers when i when i dip at least dip too heavily into some of these early round running backs which i i like we all like i love tony pollard uh nick chubb is a guy i really like say who who has anything negative to say about saquon especially in full ppr etc but like on underdog, especially if I take two, like my God, you know, your wide receiver two is like Mike Evans. And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I really don't want Baker Mayfield's wide receiver two as my wide receiver two in, uh, in, uh, best ball. But it's just, it's like this counterintuitive thing where you think like, oh, those running backs are better on underdog and half PPR. But the fact that I'm going to get buried at wide receiver. And then like, if you take those early running backs on underdog, you also like, what if you want an elite quarterback? What if you want an elite tight end? Now you're really freaking buried, dude. You take Mark Andrews with two of the, you know, with, with CMC and, and Ramondre or something like that to start your draft, like RIP to your wide receivers. Your wide receiver one is horrible. You know, God forbid you take an elite quarterback then too. Versus on DraftKings, we know that we'll be able to make up that ground a little bit. So um, are you more willing, like we're talking about the elite quarterbacks and tight ends, are you also a little more willing to dabble in a little bit more early running back, even though it seems counterintuitive with the scoring? So if you want my secret on underdog, what I like to do is I love to start with a wide receiver in the first round. And this is like just all encompassing, right? I like to go with my elite quarterback in the second round. And then I like to get my Pollard Chubb whatever I can get early in the third when you can still do it. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of my favorite build is to go one, one, one. And then I hammer wide receiver, grab Alexander Madison a lot of the times in the sixth <laughs> yep. or seventh round, hammer wide receiver again, uh, take some detours here and there. But those are the builds that I really enjoy because you're able to still have your alpha wide out. You can still get a really solid number two, and three in the fourth and fifth rounds. You know, we're talking Drake London, Terry McLaurin. So you can start drafts with, say you start Tyreek, you grab Hertz or Mahomes, you grab Pollard or Chubb, you get Drake London to go with um, Terry McLaurin or some of those, that little pocket of wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And then your fourth, fifth, it gets a little rougher, but we're still getting guys like Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, um, as a four or a five, and I feel relatively fine about that when, I, when we get there. That makes sense. By the way, 
shout out to DraftKings for uh, I will go to my grave that they saw us put out a draft board and it inspired yes. them um, to do it. But shout out to them because that the, I just wanted to mention that I know everybody knows that's watching this a pretty awesome draft board. So I would take CD here. You would take CD. All right, we can do CD. And then I would like to comes... see, give us, yeah, like just take the wide receiver I, I like there. The Cowboys are set up for later if we want and kind of see what what we do here. But I'm this is where the 14, I'm completely open. I have like almost no preference. Well, we can do whatever you want. We can we could just go ahead and do the classic CD Amon Ra uh week Which I like better snack. on DraftKings too, by the way. Right. That little correlation I like better on on let's do, let's just do that. Okay. Start there. They're both they're both better full PPR players too. And you want to talk we talked about the quarterback tight end correlation in full in full PPR. These high volume wide receivers have a pretty nice game stack correlation that's a right we love the week 17 correlation. You know, it, it is going to be talked to death again for the rest of the summer. Yeah. But like one reason why it is super impactful is, is when there's a, a bunch of scoring, but that also generally means like a bunch of passing, like there can be scoring and it's like Derrick Henry and he's grinding out, right. They scored 35 points and it grinds out the clock and Derrick Henry smashes, but nobody on the other side is like really racking up that many, that many points on DraftKings. It's like, if we get into the shootout and Dak and Goff are just throwing constantly on each side and you have the 30% target share players on both sides, that's when you get the 12 for 150, you know, and then pray you get multiple touchdowns on each side. This actually happened. Um, oh my gosh, it's been a while now, but it was, was it Monday or Sunday night football? Like, was it like the first year in LA? And it was Goff against um, the Bucks back when Jameis was the quarterback of the Bucks, mm -hmm. And it was like 52-49 or something like that. But it was like, everybody had like 10 catches. <laughs> like, every, it, they're just racked because both, both teams keep scoring and they both keep throwing. And like, th well, the other team's throwing and scoring every, so we got to match this, right? We can't just go, we can't go three and out. We can't go run, run, incomplete punt. So both teams just keep throwing and throwing. And the next thing you know, Cooper cup's got 12 catches and Chris Godwin's got 12 catches. And like, that's another way to just like soak up that little bit of extra juice from those, uh, you know, correlations on DraftKings. I just want to go through what I have set up on my, my overlay here, because I don't think it shows up when I hover over it for everybody. So my first percentage is for my tourney, what I have for ownership there. Then it's slate. And then it goes round one, two, and three. And then my last three um, go with my projected ownership for quarterback one, projected ownership for round one and round two, which I'm going to clean up a little bit because I think that's a little harder to follow when people are watching. So I'll have it, I'll have it toned down a little bit when we draft again. But I just kind of wanted to I throw do. out there. I've I've found I've played around with it uh, a good clip for mine. I do a very 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 similar, almost almost the same, but uh, I do exposure in this tournament, yeah, and then exposure overall across all of my you know. So like uh, in the DraftKings Millie, that'll be my first percentage, and then the second is I want to see how what percentage I have this player across all of DraftKings. I find that to be especially helpful 
for me, because I'm going into each and every tournament and actually a lot of the times treating them a little bit, a little bit differently. Um, We don't have to get into to all that, but I kind of do have separate strategies for each tournament. But then uh, I do also then get into my ownership with I have my my ownership with my first round pick, my ownership with my second round pick, and then my ownership with my first quarterback. So kind of you know very similar to you, but I just like there's a million options now. Shout out to Hacker and shout out to everybody uh, in the chat or in the Discord that's recommended different things. We're adding the projections into there so you could see like literally what our what our like weekly point projections are for each player which is a kind of a nice little fun way to find value as well throughout the course of the draft but like there's so many options i've just found for me that's been the the most helpful way to do it yeah my my thing is all about player combinations so usually that's what i focus on but that's uh that's for me so So we're going to we don't have to take him right here, but I do just want to mention, and I see you have, okay. So first of all, I would take Brees here. You would uh, take Brees. You're, take, you're comfortable with him? Yes. This season? I'm much more comfortable now um, than I probably was before. Um, like I've talked to Corrine about it, and there's been a, a bunch of news on him that seems pretty pretty helpful. Plus, mm-hmm. he's a, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, like, the the backs that can catch passes of which Brees is a really good one. Um, we could talk about that in a second. I also really like Jameer <laughs> Jameer Gibbs. I think he he's a really fun one on DraftKings. But again, I'm open on this pick. I'll kind of defer to you since I took Brees. So I'm fine with taking Jameer Gibbs here. But if we're talking about DK specific stuff, I am only drafting him on DraftKings. Yeah, like, and it's and fair. it's not even it's not even close. I'm not touching him on underdog at all. Like, and I'm taking scoring system into account for that, right? We're talking half point PPR. I think that he's just not going to get a lot of the goal line work. So I'm looking at volume for, for pass catching and stuff with Jameer Gibbs. And he just feels like the, he feels like one of the worst picks on underdog. If we're being completely honest, in my opinion, I I just totally, I I don't understand how people are smashing him where they're smashing him. I, my, my only counter to that is just, I like players we know are awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and we know that the offense is, is, is going to be good. And so there's a, I agree with you. My guess on Jameer Gibbs, like uh, I talked about the projections. I did the projections and shout out Chris Jamino from Rotor Grinders for helping me with those. Um, And like on underdog Gibbs is very much does not project like a like whatever he is the running back like 10 or something like that like he definitely does not project near where he goes he's probably like multiple rounds overpriced relative to how he projects as a running back on underdog because within our projections we the the projections agree exactly with what you just said he's Mm. split he's he's in a split backfield he's not going to get a lot of the goal line work and being the pass catching back no matter even though he's an amazing pass catching back. Like there's only so much you can do on underdog and half point PPR with no bonuses or whatever. Uh, whereas on DraftKings, I just really love him. Like you almost treat him like you get, you get this wide receiver as a, a running back and he gets, he's also going to be an efficient runner. Like he, he's, he's Deandre Swift, but like better at everything, like literally better mm-hmm. at everything and more explosive probably than Deandre Swift. And so on underdog, my only counter is that like, I'm just, okay having this guy and being like i don't know maybe he will get a little more goal line work than we expect and maybe he'll just be a freaking superstar 
right? And that's the that's kind of like the only counter to him. But I agree, like from a general expectation, I think he's probably a little overpriced. He's going third round now on underdog, right? Like usually, if like he's like, fallen he, a little bit actually. Has uh, he been I think I think his ADP is something like forty four, forty five. Okay, it just yeah, it's close. I don't hate him. Like it's not a guy that I hate. He just feels he feels very like poor man's Austin Eckler where if he was Austin, like in the Austin Eckler role, he's that's the, that's the like ceiling. That's base, that's right? a ceiling. Right. So I understand that, but he's just not right now. And there's the contingent upside and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I don't want to pay for contingent upside in the third and fourth round. Generally is the way right. that I look at it. And like we said, he's going to be on the field. He's going to catch, catch passes. I'm fine with him. On DK, I think my exposure was 30 something percent or something like that. So I don't know. Yeah, There's certain guys smash. that I'm doing that with. He's a smash on DraftKings, in my, in my opinion. I just yeah. like, and you can look at this. You can start with CD and Amon Ra. You still get Brees Hall, who I understand, uh, who said Travis said, you know, Brees is a little tough click. He obviously has the injury. And there is uncertainty around the Jets offense. Uh, last week, uh, on Legendary Sickos, our Thursday show that I do, Pat Corain and I do a little crossover between Legendary Upside and Spike Week. We actually talked quite a bit about the Jets and how there's a lot of parallels to like last year's Broncos, which is very scary uh, with with the Jets. But even if Rodgers is regressing, even if the Jets aren't quite as good, like these pass catching running backs with Aaron Rodgers have just always been like Aaron Jones is like not as good as Brees Hall as a football player. Aaron Jones is a good football player, but like, he's not anything special. Uh, you know, he's, he's an above average running back, maybe, you know, something like that. And he just smashes because Rogers just checks it down all the time. He never throws incompletions. Um, and then obviously the offense generally is pretty good. And so when you have someone as talented as Brees kind of in this awkward area of the draft, I- I'm willing to, to kind of just click and, and pray the health is okay. And, and assume the jets are okay. Gotcha. We are back on the clock here. I'll let you go first because I keep taking the guy, the first guy. That... <laughs> um. Well, I think the obvious selection here is DJ Moore because oh, yeah. there's a big cliff after wide receiver with him at this point. What and pick guy, number is this? What that what was pick um six fifty nine. There's, there's a the, the the draft just giving us right. That's what we talked about before. Like, it, there's really no reason DJ Moore should fall ten picks past ADP. Uh, and then the draft just gives them to us. So now we have questions of where we want to go here. Do we want to get an elite tight end on this build where we already have two running backs, or do we want to just maybe take another running back and sure up that with just one, maybe two more running like backs Pitts. on this team? Take Pitts? I like Pitts. All right, we'll grab also Pitts. more valuable on DraftKings, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. like, if your your concern, if your concerns, right, are Atlanta is not going to be an amazing offense and and they're going to run, well, Pitts is Pitts is still generating a massive target share. He's also a really he's like a he's basically a wide receiver. I know we we that was a funny bit a little bit like last year and the year before, but really that's kind of how he's used. He's not he's not like used like this in line. He's not George Kittle as an example, right. who's like this the, the he's an offensive lineman who's also a freaking superstar wide receiver. Pitts is basically a wide receiver and he gets used down the field. Uh, there's an awesome Twitter clip going around of all these <laughs> times he's wide open down the field and Mariota just like 
did Mariota like play with a concussion all of last season or something? Because these throws were horrible. Now Awful. Ritter Ritter might not be any better, and that's of course the risk. But I think the PPR element and the bonus element, like he's very live to 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 bonus and catch six or seven passes. You may be a little concerned with the touchdowns, but uh, I, I'm pretty into Kyle Pitts. He also uh, plays DJ Moore in week 17. So it was kind of like checking a bunch of boxes, right? I really like him. I think he's even a little better fit for the DraftKings scoring. Um, elite tight end is something we had literally just discussed as as a way to, to uh, uh, give ourselves an edge on DraftKings because the draft is going to let us still get good wide receivers, right? We only have three wide receivers, two, two running backs. I would feel uncomfortable right now if we were on underdog and we took two running backs and a tight end through the first three rounds, I don't feel uncomfortable on DraftKings, And so um, I'm willing to take that, that elite tight end Pitts also goes later on DraftKings than like Dallas Goddard's going before him. I like Goddard fine, but you talk about a guy who's better on underdog, like Goddard, when is Goddard catching eight passes in a game? Like right. if, if AJ Brown goes down, I guess, but like he, he's not really a volume guy. He's just a touchdown guy. Cause he's on, the freaking Eagles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Goddard usually is a click for me on Jalen hurts teams because it is hard to stack AJ Brown or Devonta Smith sometimes. So I am pits over Goddard, but I will click Goddard over pits on some Jalen hurts teams. Occasionally is all I'm doing there. So one thing that we can talk about, is how we hyped up these elite quarterbacks and we just decided not to draft one on this team. That seems very classic spike week to talk about something and then not do it. So that's where we're at with this. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out, what I've noticed a lot in these DraftKings drafts, and you know, we're talking maybe a small sample, sample size relative to the field, maybe 25 drafts, a lot of times the Jamar Chase and T. Higgins drafters are not getting Joe Burrow because people are trying to push him to the fourth, which I completely understand. I'd want to push him to the fourth at least anyways myself. But people are just grabbing unstacked Joe Burrow mm -hmm. and really like messing up a lot of these Chase Higgins teams on DraftKings more than on underdog. It's kind of, it's kind of comical to watch a lot of the time. My dog's just destroyed a pillow in the other room. That's why I had to uh, to oh, no. walk away. Also, very definitely agree. It's very fitting. I do find that the the turns and stuff being a little difficult with the elite quarterbacks. Um, and so that that's one thing. That's another thing to take into account. Like your draft position matters, obviously. But mm -hmm. I also think that was why uh, Pitts made a little bit more sense. If we are trying to capitalize on at least, if we believe that these elite quarterbacks and elite tight ends. Uh, have this kind of enhanced value on DraftKings, and the room's going to help us. Okay, we didn't get one of the elite quarterbacks. Let's lean into Pitts then. I agree. All right, so we're going to be coming back up on the clock here in a second. We got two people in front of us. I think we that are still available. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, for me, it's it's Gabe Davis here, but I'm down for JSN if you prefer JSN. No preference. Um, let's just go with the playoff correlation with Gabe Davis. And then what I would be looking at 
is I kind of don't want Dak because I think we kind of want to try to, you know, get the other quarterback from that game. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on taking Deshaun Watson here if he stays on the board. Which he doesn't, so it doesn't even yeah, matter. Of course doesn't. It would, it would not be I would not be upset if JSN falls back to us. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the easy uh, smash here, right? There we go. So we just get both Boom. of them. I mean, right. look at this. So isn't this the you physically cannot get these players that we just drafted here together on underdog. It will never happen. JSN goes in the fifties. <laughs> He's fallen a little bit in, in the now, like maybe into the sixties. Gabe goes kind of around here, but he's also rising. Pitts goes higher than this. DJ Moore generally goes late fourth, early fifth, certainly not at the 5'11", right? Yep. Reese, you can never get at the 3'11". So, like, you're just never getting these combinations of players. So this is like, we can take that Pitts detour. We can take two early running backs, and we are and we still have CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Moore, Gabe Davis, and JSN as our first five wide receivers. That's a, that's absurd. And that's, we just let the room give that to us. Yep. And that's another reason why I do like the elite QB builds on, on DraftKings because you can give up that tight end, which is usually what I do, right? I'm usually not taking Kyle Pitts. So if on this team, we took elite QB round two and just replaced Kyle Pitts with one of these other wide receivers, right. say, Deontay Johnson or something like that. We would just be missing Amon Ra, but we'd still have Lamb, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Gabe Davis, JSN. And you still feel great about that wide receiver room, right? So it's just so much easier to do on DraftKings than it is on Underdog. Right. I mean, look at um you scroll up just a tiny smidge. I just want to see the second sure. and third round mainly. And so the concern is, oh, I, I, I'm taking – you see the, the second round has three quarterbacks, right? Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts, which is also kind of funny that they go in uh, different – or they, I don't know if that's the ADP on, on DraftKings. I don't have it as, as memorized as I do underdog. But Josh Allen goes third of the elite quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes goes first. We also project Patrick Mahomes uh, the best out of all of those. Shout out to us. But you see, <laughs> you see some of the guys in the third round, Devonta Smith, T Higgins, Brees falling all the way to the to the three eleven. Um, even like Waddle is at the end of the first or end of the excuse me end of the the second round. Some of these guys that like you couldn't get at those prices, like Devonta Smith being like the probably the biggest one. A little bit of T Higgins and Brees yeah. that are are tough guys to get on underdog if you detour for the elite quarterback, but you can still get them. On DraftKings Plus, we just talked about capitalizing on the sometimes the room gives you something even crazier, right? Like sometimes the Ch- Chubb will fall or Olave will fall, or we just saw the bottles at the 212 already. What's to say he couldn't fall to the 304 or whatever, mm-hmm. like in, in a draft? So you just it there's just so many ways to kind of manipulate it and more you have more ability to to make these things back up and and uh and I think this draft is like kind of showing you that with uh with even with the elite quarterbacks. Well, look at this team that started Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, right? Then they go T Higgins, Debo, if you like Debo, Kenneth Walker, D- Damian Pierce, but they still get Deontay Johnson, and I think I would keep him. This is like when I talk about people messing up their structure, I would be firing wide receivers here because I have Jalen Hurts and I don't need the Tua stack, right? And I definitely don't need James Cook on this team, but 
even once with... you took Hertz, you yeah. you kind of know you don't need to like it's it's right. not that you don't need or can't draft him, but it's like you're sort of muting the impact of Jalen Hurts in the second round. Yes, especially when you go with the double running back too. All right, we are back on the clock here. Is there anyone that's jumping scroll out? The, to... Just scroll the list a little bit. Um, hmm. We could do the Lions thing because it's probably not going to come back to us. Uh, there's Jamo and Goff. If we wanted to just snap Goff because we're he, he, he's just not going to come back to us, you know. Right, right. We're picking we have to up think the about turn. One of these two picks. Let's do him. I'm just trying to look at. Uh, I was going to say Dylan's not bad. Um, Charbonnet. Ooh. I like, I like Charbonnet and there goes Jamo. Yeah. Charbonnet, a chain. I do not want Juju. That's about the only thing I'm <laughs> passionate about. Do you like Charbonnet or do you like a chain better? Let's take a chain. He correlates into the first two playoff weeks. Okay. He's just getting a tiebreaker, uh, tie right? Yeah. Everybody keeps talking about this Dalvin thing. And I'm like, why? Maybe I will end up wrong. But everybody keeps saying, like, oh, what if Dalvin ends in Miami? Why the fuck would Miami? They're certainly not trading for him on that contract. This yeah, they're definitely not trading for him. This whole idea he's anyone's going to trade for Dalvin. Trade for, like, a below average running back to pay him the like the most, like, the best running back is absurd. But they, they drafted A-Chain, who they clearly love. Uh, McDaniel was, like, he like wouldn't stop smiling when they were asking him about a chain at the, at the draft. And they brought back their two reliable veterans. I mean, they even still have miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed on the roster. Now I suspect they're both going to get cut, but right. like there's no need for them to bring in Dalvin cook. Like what it's kind of the, it's the James white tweet. What does Dalvin cook do for this team? Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So I'm still going to be drafting aging and all three. I'm gonna draft all three of the dolphins running backs over my portfolio. One thing I like to do is kind of just stare at some of these other teams when I'm doing these draft streams and kind of get into the head of some of these drafters and see what they're doing. So from the one spot, we see Jefferson Waddle go, then they go Ramondre Hawkinson, Aaron Jones, Isaiah Pacheco. They come back to wide receiver with Burke Sutton. And then they get Kirk Cousins to stack with Justin Jefferson. And I don't know if I like this type of build. Because I think you're trying to do robust RB, but I think you're doing it too late. I don't think you can do it with Stevenson, Jones, Pacheco personally. Now, if they keep firing at wide receiver and only get two more running backs late, probably okay. But it's just feels a little weak for me. I don't, I don't I know where it, you stand. I think the that. issue is mostly that I think specifically Aaron Jones and Pacheco as players are a little bit too weak versus mm-hmm. I do think you can do like a third, fifth, sixth round um, running back into a, a robust build. Like if you took, I don't know, I don't see a good, another uh, potential. I mean, like, I would prefer Pierce and Madison for this type of build. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would would have preferred uh, Madison on this on this team. Um, I do think that's another thing. I do think you can like kind of onslaught stack teams on DraftKings a little bit easier. Again, if Cousins is, which especially Cousins is a good one, if he's getting there, it's certainly not with his legs. So if he has this huge game where Justin Jefferson is also having a huge game, 
like kind of everybody can eat. You know what I mean? Now Madison yep. and Jefferson and Hawkinson are all not going to go for 40, but you don't need them to all go for 40, right? You need yep. cousins to have this huge game scores, you know, throws for 400 yards or whatever and four or five touchdowns. And then if Madison just eats a little bit, the team scores 45 points. You just have the, the stone nuts. You know what I mean? I'm, I need to look up what, like what did Fournette do in the, in the week 17 game? Like he probably still had a good game, even though it was all, uh, well, I guess he was really splitting with, uh, with Rashad, Rashad White, but um, I can look up between the two of them really quickly. Well, while you're looking that up, that team, their next two picks went Russell Wilson and Zach Charbonnet. And I, and that's where I think we start to get into trouble with some of these teams because now yeah. Burke Sutton are your three, four, who the hell is going to be your fifth wide receiver at that point. Now you just, now you just killed. That's there were too many detours away from, from yeah. wide receiver, especially in the range where we got a little lucky, but also we planned it out this way that we didn't take too many. We, we took a, a three detours, but we didn't take too many detours in the range where all the good wide receivers go. Right. right. Like he did. And now, like you said, even though he has Justin Jefferson and Jalen Waddle, his wide receiver room is going to be pretty weak. And, and he didn't get like, he didn't gain an elite quarterback. You know, he gained an elite tight end, but he, and he, and he didn't even gain that good of running backs. We're on the clock here. Um, is anyone jumping out to you on this particular list? I'm really ha- I'm really high on Eli Mitchell in general this season. Just as a, do we still only have? We have three RBs. Let's we do let's take... do him. Let's do him because that'll give us Mitchell. That'll give us four. We can make this a, a five running back team. Mm-hmm. Gibbs, Brees. Who is the who is the uh, fourth guy or third guy? Uh, a chain a chain a chain yeah oh yeah i like this i like okay this is good and i think yeah. i would probably go mingo here i think we have to go wide out we yeah we definitely need more. to go wide receiver mingo or mingo or even though we don't have fields we can tack mooney on um for, and just turn that double. into like a secondary you know bears double stack do you have a preference i think i think mooney would actually be my preference between these two all right let's do mooney all right, we'll take we'll take Mooney here. I do I think, think we had to go there with a definitely with a needed wide to out. go wide receiver. I I think that's an interesting one where deciding between those two guys. I don't think that um, Mooney really has any scenarios where he's like a breakout type player. Mm. I think he I think I, I think he's a decent NFL player, and I think he can exceed his draft cost. Of course, like if the Bears just throw more and get better on offense. Whereas Mingo as this rookie in a really not just murky, but shitty wide receiver room, like theoretically he could like, he could like draw the most targets of any rookie wide receiver this season. So if we were in a spot where we were really chasing wide receiver point, like if I was the one Oh one and I was deciding between Mooney and even with the Mooney correlation, if I was deciding between Mooney and Mingo, I would take Mingo for the wide receiver one. Cause he's chasing he needs a more of a home run swing. Not that we don't want to take a home run swing, but we're still in a pretty good spot with our with our wide receivers. And so I think we could side with the correlation aspect of it, if that makes sense. Okay. I want to talk about another team here that I'm just kind of eyeballing. 
They go Jamar Chase, Nick Chubb, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Alexander Madison. Absolutely love that first Amazing. six rounds. Six picks, beautiful. Here's where they go after that. Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Rashad Penny, Raheem Mostert. And this and this is what I'm talking about with um with just absolutely burying like your structure that you're building. This double tight end click is terrible, in my opinion. Like for this build. I think you need to go with one, maybe two of your quarterbacks in these four picks is fine. You need two more wide receivers, and then you worry about running back. You just double your you just rely on Nick Chubb, you rely on Alexander Madison. And then you start taking some more running backs. But I think you need six wide receivers on this build, like early. And tack it yeah. on a seventh if you want to late with 20 it's, rounds. Again, but. you were st- I don't hate either Waller or Ingram. And mm-hmm. I don't even I don't I, I like Dak and Gino just fine. But do did they even have stacks with Dak and Gino? No, right? No. There's so no you stacks. just and and there was no real sense in both Waller and Ingram. It was just like, I, you. It, it was like you took those six picks. Shot, no, sorry to whoever is in, in the one hundred and four, but you, you had this amazing first six, and it was like you felt so good about that first six. It's like my my running backs and wide receivers are set. Now I'm just gonna. I don't care. I don't. You know. I don't care because I love these first six picks so much. I can double tap tight end, and I have the luxury to double tap tight end and double tap quarterback, but you don't, you have to draft no. 20 players and you don't like Waller and then like wide receiver would have been perfectly fine right there. Right. And then, and then maybe then you do come back to deck. I don't really get the Dak Gino double tap when you don't have any Cowboys or, or Seahawks. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that's also part of, part of the problem, but it's like, if you just took one of those tight ends and one of those quarterbacks and you sprinkled in wide receivers in, in there, and then you still took Penny and and Mostert. Like you'd be fine. You you'd be to, you'd be totally fine. And like the, so, like there, why would you not take Gallup? Why would you not take right. Gallup? Like th- right. th- these are just little things. But yep. like if you're gonna do the the Dak Geno thing, like now let's let's be smart about it, right? Okay, we took we did that. You know, and like I took Waller. Like okay, let's take Daniel Jones instead of one of those guys. Like yeah, there's just a lot of little small things I think that were uh that that team would probably like to have back yeah and and shout out to getting jamar chase in the four spot like imagine if we get the four spot and we got to take jamar chase <laughs> seriously oh man like and i'm not i'm not shitting on that team i love the and way Devonta it started smith, Devonta smith the, yeah. the 304 uh, yeah. judy is a good pick there mclaurin at the 504 madison like you said is a smash like just got a beautiful start and then uh i think panicked a little bit at tight end at quarterback I concur. We are going to be coming back on the clock here. Is there anybody jumping out to you? We got a one four six one build currently. Do you have any Not interest really. in Stafford <laughs> or Pickett? Not really. We don't have any Steelers, do we? Do we want to grab Jalen Warren as our fifth RB? Yeah, let, let's just close out running back with Warren because I really, really like I really like Warren. When in doubt, let's take this guy. He still fits the structure, right? We're not doing anything crazy. Week 17 um, correlation as well with uh yeah with, JS, yeah, with JSN um, and uh, – uh, oh, no, we didn't take Charbonnet, right? We took 18. 
we took a chain but we still have that you know that week 17 yep, like stack pick it goes anyway i don't think there's probably not a quarterback here but we should think about wide receivers that could set up these set up a quarterback i think we're done at running back, back. we got pits so go to wide receiver and see if there's anybody chark curtis samuel well, do you want it well we would have to take bryce young now uh, not really <laughs> We have six uh, seconds. You can take him though. You can take him though. Do you want to take him or do you want to take? Um... Let's take Bryce. Let's take Bryce. Okay. All right. We took Bryce. Because we do have backdoor stuff. We got Hayden Hurst in our pocket. We got Chark. Yep. Um. We got uh, not not Thielen or um, but if we really want to get in our bag and a Shy Smith or a Visco or something like that, it's still it's still there, but Hurst, I, I, I would, I would like Hurst. So maybe we would need to put Hurst in the, in the queue or just keep him at the top of our minds. Yeah. We'll keep him at the top of our minds. We can get him at these next two picks if we want to get him for sure. Um, Hubbard would have been like, I like Jalen Warren better. Like he's, he's a tear up for me, but if Warren wasn't there grabbing Chuba with Bryce young and then getting Hayden Hurst wouldn't have been a, terrible like backdoor oh shit stack which we need to trademark by the way absolutely so throw that out there um do we want to go through another one of these teams as we're yeah let's see i want to see what the so the guy that started eckler mahomes just because obviously no wide receivers through through two rounds and uh also really took some detours so i want to see how that one turned out so they went eckler mahomes calvin ridley amari cooper George Kittle, Trevor Lawrence, Rashad White, uh, David Montgomery, Zay Flowers, Alan Lazard, Tyler Boyd, Dante Foreman, Laporta Oof. Everett. Um, <laughs> so this, this again, it starts off with a way that I would be fine through with through the first five. Through, the, right? through, through five is totally fine. Yeah, you go through five. You cannot, you cannot go tight end, second quarterback, right? You just can't do that. And then you definitely can't follow it up with two running backs. I like Rashad White. David Montgomery's fine. Not on this team. Because now you're doing Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Zay Flowers, Lazard, Boyd. That wide receiver room's grossed. You have Eckler, and you're hoping to juggle Rashad White and Montgomery. You have no strength other than at QB. And theoretically tight end here. So yeah, your pole positions are are strong, but you've just mixed in too much garbage too early. Like, and garbage in relative terms, you know what I mean? Like, yep. like I said, I still like Rashad White. I like Zay Flowers Lazard, but I like Zay Flowers as a fifth wide receiver, right? Like not a third. Not a third. I like Lazard as a fifth wide receiver. I like Boyd as a fifth or sixth wide receiver. Where we're just mixing in. You're you're way too reliant on Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley on this team. And then for some reason you double tap tight end with Laporta and Everett. And what the hell does Dante Foreman do for this particular <laughs> team? Why are we not going wide receiver? Why are we not pushing that running back spot? Because if you are building like this, you need to be getting like nine or 10 wide receivers. I've done some builds similar to this, but it's been understanding that I have two alpha wideouts. Usually I get one of them in the first round, right? So it would usually be with like a Diggs or Brown and then maybe a Calvin Ridley or something. But then I'm just mixing in a ton of wide receivers because I'm so strong everywhere else. And, and I think that, I think this is our biggest strength on DraftKings is 
watching people just ruin whatever structure they start with mm-hmm. because they don't know and they're learning. Everybody's learning. Right. And it's not making fun of them or anything like that because you have to learn. You have to fail to, to understand what you're doing wrong in best ball and look at your teams and understand what structures you're messing up. But that's our edge right now on this is we understand structure, right? If you're coming over to spike week, we are helping you understand it. You just put out a great video in our, in our YouTube channel that explains like what each structure is. I highly suggest anyone that that's new to best ball, go watch that or even just watch it to brush up. But that's our edge right now, more so than the the falling ADP and everything. Mm -hmm. It's understanding how to draft more and it's it's way more beneficial here than it is elsewhere we are on the clock again where's hurst i just want to make sure we don't get locked out of the stack oh yeah we're gonna have to take him before so that's good yeah um Jaden reed curtis samuel mechie renfro any of those wide receivers is the other guy uh here i think you want to grab samuel because of the 16 and 17 since we're breaking ties um Yeah, uh, I'm just looking. Yeah, yes, Jaden Reed. Um, now, now we take Hurst. Now, now let's take Hurst. Yeah, and now we'll take Hurst. Beautiful. And we get what we want. Let's look at our playoff matchups real quick. So we have a Detroit Dallas stack with Goff, Gibbs, Amon Ra with CD Lamb as the bring back. We have DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney with Kyle Pitts as a bring back. We have the one-offs with Jalen Warren and JSN. And we have Elijah Mitchell and Curtis Samuel as another Week 17 correlation. So not going out of our way for Week 17 stuff. Broke a couple ties because of it. Mm-hmm. And we're setting our team up exactly how we like it. And shout out to the tool. Because, yeah, we know Week 17 matchups. I still don't know all of them offhand. But I don't know the week 15 or 16 matchup. So seeing <laughs> some of those, it definitely helps out. It makes me break ties that way. Um, a couple of good questions in the chat first. Uh, yeah, this is in the Millie, right? The $10 um, yep. Millie. And then uh, Olaf asks, with 20 rounds, are we always taking three quarterbacks and three tight ends? And definitely not always so one thing i do like to think about with the three quarterbacks and three tight ends is uh we, we actually have a team here that i would i don't want to take three tight ends with pits but um i would be comfortable with a third uh quarterback yes uh, we're set up we're set up well for sam howell actually is probably the best He's third quarterback for that, a while that, has he really he went in the 15th round yeah holy shit yeah god damn i i need to uh I don't know what I need to do. I'm so used to my 17th, 18th round Sam Howell <laughs> on, uh, on, on underdog. But anyway, if he, he would have been something that we could have done there, like if it came right, if we were in a different spot where we didn't need Hayden Hurst, like if we took Mingo earlier, we could have double tapped. If Howell came back to us, we could have double tapped Howell Samuel there for a third quarterback. You definitely don't always want to take that though. And I think that's actually one potential edge that um, you can get on DraftKings and you mentioned like structure and draft strategies and stuff. I think every like casual player, you get to the end of the drafts and like there's a starting quarterback or a starting tight end back there. And so it does make sense to use that to our advantage. But I think people do it on like every team, no matter what quarterbacks they drafted, no matter what tight ends they drafted. And like if you, that third quarterback, that third tight end is not 
going to play a real big factor, even with 20 rounds when you have a, like a superstar quarterback or tight end. And you also have to think about what do you like, what do you win and when you win type of a situation. And if you have Travis Kelsey, that third tight end is not only not helping you on your Travis Kelsey team, but you're probably weaker at running back or wide receiver or something like that than your opponents are. So you need that extra lottery ticket. You need that extra home run swing at those other positions. So I think a lot of the time our competition on DraftKings drafts way too many three quarterback and three tight end teams because they just say, oh, look, I have those extra picks. I'm just going to use it on the onesie positions. And sometimes you should, but I think people default to it too much. And so like to your question, not always. I would not always draft those positions and for me personally i'm gonna lean away from it a little bit more solely because i know everybody else like uses that as their crutch yeah and after our next two picks we're going to take a look at this team that drafted from the two hole because it's interesting and just like just to go on about that point you're making for me i try to have like a demarcation point of where i think i'm comfortable with a two or three quarterback build so lawrence and um, we'll talk about this in a second. We are downs. Downs makes some sense here. Slot receiver, a little bit of correlation in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We need wide receivers. Uh, Shakir, I don't mind either. Um, Let's take downs. downs. All right. So we are kind of screwed at. Third quarterback is probably just not an option for us on this team. Right, because everybody went very early in this draft. So we're probably stuck with a two-quarterback build, unfortunately. That's okay. Is anybody else jumping out to you on this team? Shakir. um, I think we want to go wide receiver here probably. Yeah, probably Shakir. Let's take Shakir. I like, uh, you know, he's on an elite offense. I I am not going to sit here and pound the table for Khalil Shakir, you know, over the course of the season. We do have Gabe Davis on this team. So it sets us, you know, it's not like a we don't have Patriots. So we're not getting like a week 17 correlation, but it's kind of similar. You can stack up these little secondary stacks, right? So over the course Mm -hmm. of the entire season, even in week 17, whether we have a Patriot or don't have a Patriot is not really always the point. You don't have to have that. But like, we just set ourselves up like, what if something happens to Stefan Diggs, right? These are like tiny little things we can do. We have Gabe and we have Khalil Shakir. If like, if the bills just are awesome, we have two players from the, and the bills are probably going to be pretty awesome on offense. Spoiler alert. And then you have like, you just set yourself up for a bunch of different paths to success. Um, and I also think drafting some of these young guys uh, where we're, we're pretty strong at wide receiver, but not like we're not blowing away the field by any stretch at wide receiver. So getting a little juice right with a rookie and downs and then just betting on the bills can help us uh, maybe capture some juice. Correct. The two spot drafted CMC, Chris Olave, Josh Jacobs, Drake London, Miles Sanders, Brandon Ayuk, Cam Akers. So they go, they alternate running back wide receiver all the way to Cam Akers then Mike Thomas. Then they go Anthony Richardson. They go um, Williams in New Orleans, Adam Thielen, Derek Carr, Jonathan Mingo. Then they double tap tight end with Johnson for the stack. They grab Michael Mayer to stack with Garoppolo, who they take next. 
Interesting. And then they take Desmond Ritter as a fourth quarterback. See, we that that's that's who screwed us. That guy. We could have used Ritter as the third quarterback on on this team to go with Pitts. And then they grab a third tight end with Ferguson, which they do need a third tight end on this team. Mm -hmm. But I don't the four QBs. It just it blows my mind when. Because if you're taking Richardson, I think you can go with a three QB build with him. No mm -hmm. problem. Definitely fine. I, why are we going four? I don't understand yeah. the four QB build. Richardson can go either way. You, I, I, you know, I've heard people say, I, I don't think you should have a rule. There's almost never a situation where you should have a rule with about anything and any player. Right. But Richardson, I can see absolutely. You can draft a three quarterback team with him. And you could draft a two-quarterback team with him. You can say, right, there's some people that will say, well, if I'm drafting him at this price, given kind of the uncertainty, I'm going to say, okay, he's a hit, right? Yeah. He's, I'm going to treat him more like an elite quarterback. And I think that's fine. But I also don't think you have, to, you have to do that. But to your point, Ritter, I just don't think you need to. Like, th it was actually kind of a fine team. The late, the late tight end thing came together well with stacks. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy G Carr Richardson is fine. I mean, I, I personally hate Jimmy G, but like Richardson Carr, Jimmy G is fine. It was just, again, one little thing where um, like, what does Desmond Ritter, like if, if Desmond Ritter is helping you, then these other quarterbacks probably failed or you, you, I just don't know if you have enough firepower at the other positions to, to kind of do that. You just need, and it seems like these late round guys suck at these other positions, but they, that doesn't mean that we, like to just default to quarterback. I think we can take another running back on this team, by the way. Yeah, we can um, definitely now that we're locked out at QB. Yep. Do you want to go Zach Evans? Is there another one you want to look at here? Uh, let's take a wide receiver really quick first. Uh, and then, cause I haven't looked at the running Slayton. Back I'm, I'm down with Slayton. Yeah. All right. So we'll grab Slayton and let's look at running back. All right. Relax. DraftKings. <laughs> um, um, we could do Malik Eric Davis. Gray. We could do Malik Davis. Malik, Malik Davis, Davis makes, makes a ton of sense on this team. Yeah, Malik Davis feels right for this team. No Pollard. Obviously, we have a big bet on that game, and he correlates in every single week of the playoffs. Yep. All right, so let's run through our team real quick. We went C.D. Lamb, Amon Ra, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, D.J. Moore, Kyle Pitts, Gabe Davis, J.S.N., Jared Goff, um, A-Chain, Elijah Mitchell, Mooney, Jalen Warren, Bryce Young, Curtis Samuel, Hayden Hurst, Josh Downs, Khalil Shakur, Darius Slayton, and Malik Davis. And we got a bunch of playoff correlation on this team. So we got our Detroit Dallas stack, which is Goff, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ra with Malik Davis and CeeDee Lamb bringbacks in the dome like that one. That's beautiful. Atlanta at Chicago, we get more Darnell Mooney, no Justin Fields, but that's fine. We bring Kyle Pitts for the comeback. So the 12 plays that they run in this game, we're hoping that five of them are touchdowns to these three players. <laughs> we got Pittsburgh at Seattle. We got Jalen Warren versus JSN. And then we get Elijah Mitchell, Curtis Samuel for another little mini correlation. Um, we also have some team correlation, right? We have the Bryce Young, Hayden Hurst stack as well. We have a Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakur stack, sort of like we do with Chicago with no bring back. We almost were able to get like a Patriots bring back on that one, but 
even Mac Jones went a little bit earlier than we wanted to. And that would have been one. If we could have got Mac Jones, I might've said, we obviously don't need to take Darius Slayton on this team. We wouldn't have taken Malik Davis and we could have done a, a fourth game stack there. Yep. Is something I would have done and done a three tight end build. That would have been one of the few situations I would have done it with this team overall. What are your thoughts? It's a really, really good team. Where obviously uh, we need some, some we need Bryce to be pretty good, and we need Goff um, to to be pretty good. Quarterback is where we're hurting, but everything else is like you can't dominate every single position in a no. draft. And I think that's what and at some of the drafters that we went went through here, where they had even like really really good starts, they tried to dominate every single position, and then you end up not dominating any of the positions. We we're not going to dominate quarterback even though we wanted to our goal in this <laughs> when we came into this draft was to do it but the draft didn't let us but so then we built a team that allows us to potentially dominate all other three positions uh and we sided with all this different correlation both both from the playoff aspect and right Shakir Bryson Hurst those kind of uh picks were just like team correlations Yep. And the other thing I just want to say is you kind of mentioned like the late round thing that is like super duper important where people will say, right? Like, oh my, oh, like I get to the 19th and 20th round, what position do I need? And sometimes, right? You drafted a zero running back team. Sometimes you do just need to draft a running back at that spot. But like right. our team, honestly, we could have taken any position mm-hmm. in the 19th and 20th rounds. And, it, and so you make that decision based on the players that make the most sense. So like we took Malik Davis made the most sense for us who, from who was on the board with the team that we drafted, but there could have been a situation where, like you said, actually taking three quarterbacks and three tight ends and doing Mac Jones and Hunter Henry or something like that made more sense. And so people would say, well, what about, you know, what about the structure? It's like when you get to the 19th and 20th round, I'm, it's not that structure doesn't matter because it does, but it's one thing that matters and if you can get right if we would have got Mac Jones and Hunter Henry this team would have been just as good maybe even better who knows but it you're deciding between like the positional thing in the 19th and 20th round I think people get a little too rigid there too and they say like oh this team has to have a wide receiver right it's like if the best picks a running back right like if Malik Davis was the the best pick on your team just draft him it does it's it's okay it's okay to like take one more running back than you thought you absolutely had to take on that team if that pick is the one that makes the most sense when you get on the clock. Well, understanding your flexibility, right? We knew we wanted a third quarterback, but we got locked out. So maybe some, a takeaway for us in this draft is to be cognizant of how fast quarterbacks are going. We saw where, where um, what's his name? Sam Howell went in the 15th yeah. round. And just understanding that, like, if we see something like that, put the antennas up to make sure that the next round we're looking at the QB position and seeing if we have to go there. Um, I don't think it was like a nail in the coffin to kill our team or anything, but that opened the door for us. They have that flexibility with the 19th and 20th round. Do we want to look at any of these other teams that drafted here and kind of go through how they laid out their structure? Maybe one or two more. Um, We went, we went through like half the teams. We don't got to shit on everybody that's in the draft. I mean, that wasn't the point. It's, it's, I guess that is what we kind of did. That wasn't what I was trying to do. <laughs> I know. I know. I was trying to just show like where our edges are on some of these structures and like that people are building. And I think when we look at teams that are building structures incorrectly, it helps jot our mind to be like, 
oh, I remember seeing that mistake when I watched this draft and I don't want to make that mistake next time. I don't want to grab this running back in this round, but so kind of go through that on some of our other draft streams as well when we're drafting to just ensure that like we see, or I like to highlight teams that are drafting really well too. Mm-hmm. Like when, when I see a team that's doing a draft and I, and I really, really like it. I try to point out, like, I like this team. I like this AJ Brown team that we see here. Right. Um, we'll go through it. I know you said no, but we're going to go through this AJ Brown team. It's AJ Brown, Tony Pollard, Lamar Jackson, D hop, JK Dobbins, Kadarius, Tony, John Dodson, Rashad nice. Bateman, Brian Robinson, Dalton Kincaid, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Irv Smith, Jeff Wilson, Sam Howell, Jaden Reed, Isaiah Likely, Tyson Chandler. This Clyde is really well done. Yes. This is really well done team. And we understand why they went with Sam Howell so what's, early, what's right? What's the username? I would like to tr- – can we swap equity? On, <laughs> uh, we'll give him 50% of that if we can get 50%. Oh, that's Moxie. <laughs> and Moxie in the Discord. No wonder. He's yep. a sharp, really, really good team. Really, really good team. Yep. So it gets the Lamar Jackson stacks. He does reach a little bit on Howell just to get that second QB so that he doesn't get locked out. I, I like that. He builds his team. He takes the double shot at the Kansas City wide receivers. He might have a triple shot with Hopkins, although I have an inkling he's going back to Houston. Um, the running backs are set up perfectly with Pollard and J.K. Dobbins waiting for Brian Robinson in the ninth round. Like, do I like Dawson Kincaid? No, but if you do, fine. Like, he waits till the 10th round to get his tight end. Still gets a two six nine three build that looks really good on paper, and mm-hmm. that's how Tons you, that's of how great you correlations. Build. Yeah, every structured really well around Pollard and AJ yep. Brown, and the never got locked out really of wide receiver, despite the fact that he took a second round running back, a third round quarterback, and a fifth another fifth round running back. Right, still like Bateman yep. is almost kind of that cutoff guy, and he got he still got to Bateman as his wide receiver five. Right. Which is a stack with Lamar. <laughs> like it's yeah, so good. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Got all yeah, and got all these perfect correlations. Got it has like a mega, you know, so has this mega chief stack, but with Lamar, right? And so it's yeah. like if Lamar's going off, it doesn't really matter that Mahomes is going off, but you can still benefit from Mahomes going off by having all of his weapons right alongside your Raven stack. It's a really well done team. Yeah, great team. Uh, and he didn't take Hertz early, which he could have done. He could have done AJ Brown and Hertz, but then that would have really pushed this this running back. So I do. I just really like this team. I think it's very well constructed. Um, and seeing that as well, not just seeing the bad teams, but seeing what the good teams are doing and how they're drafting and how it all makes sense. This team, this is the perfect example of every pick making sense on a team. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's pretty much going to do it for me. Do you have any closing thoughts? No, we will be back tomorrow night. Um, I don't think we've settled on what we're going to discuss, but be on the lookout for that. Rob mentioned the uh, latest video in our How to Win at Best Ball series, which was around roster construction. The first video was uh, about the rules and the scoring and advanced structures and, and playoff versus cumulative and all that fun stuff. And then the draft was the second part, which we talked actually a lot about at the beginning of this episode in how to kind of handle different draft rooms. And then, of course, roster construction. There will be two more parts to that series. I've had a lot of fun. I'm trying to crank those out, maybe even both of them tomorrow. So be on the lookout for those. And then been uh, 
five episodes deep into our legendary sickos show with myself and Pat Corain. And uh, we are most notably going uh, maybe a little too long on some of those episodes, but that's because the discussion has been really, really good. And uh, I love talking to Pat. And uh, this is not me at all trying to like toot my own horn or frankly toot our own horn. But I think the discussion is really interesting, which is a lot of what happens with Rob and I, but Mm -hmm. we're like, we're not like, there's no like preaching or there's neither one of us are coming to the, coming to the table and being like, I have all the answers, but we're kind of talking through different ideas, strategies, concepts. We talked through uh, most recently some like uncertain situations and player combinations and ownership. And we end up kind of bouncing ideas off of each other and fleshing out our thoughts kind of live on, on the air. And um, those have been getting a shout out to everybody for the comments and the feedback and everything. It's really much appreciated, but those have been getting pretty, pretty strong uh, reviews from anybody. And that will be the next show. Of course will be uh, this, this Thursday. So that's what we got coming up here bonus live show on thursday that eric doesn't even know about but i'll be doing a <laughs> draft thursday afternoon with kyle dvorak so he'll be on with me thursday afternoon for a live draft and uh everything else just pumping out a lot of stuff and it's it's time everyone it's june we're going it is it is yeah. we are definitely into the hot best ball summer as you can tell lots and lots of content coming here at spike week but we'll be back tomorrow Rob and I and these crazy sicko dogs that are destroying they, they can't run around so now they're uh, destroying the things around around my office but we will see you guys uh, tomorrow have a good night peace, peace. Ooh, those were some spicy takes want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at spike week why don't you press that subscribe button below you turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date. That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.